All right, Lord, we just come before you and we thank you for each word and we thank you for tough lessons and we thank you for your faithfulness through it all and, and just give me the words to speak, Lord. Give me the strength to, to deliver it and, and order my thoughts and order your words and let them come out of my mouth, Father, as we, we just seek you in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so... I was kind of asking the Lord, I preached last week, and then I'm asking the Lord, all right, Lord, I need a quick uh, snap, snap um, sermon to give. And so I just kind of was, was seeking him, seeking him, and then just life hit me. You, you know, we had everybody getting sick. We had um, this issue, that issue with everybody. And, and then we just had, you know, in, in my house, just bills piling up, unexpected bills coming in, you know, and paying all those off. And it's just like money's go coming in and a lot more feels like it's going out and it's just, it's life. And, you know, and I'm, and I'm by no means have I ever preached life, Christian life is going to be easy. And so I understand that myself. And, and so I just got to thinking, and I was frustrated, and, you know, he, he kind of was, he just, he brought up those verses about running the race, running the race, you know, and I just, so I was like, all right, fine, Lord, I'm going to look at life and, and what it means to, to run the race, um, you know, that you've set before me and that you've made, made it my my responsibility to follow. And so, so I started doing that and I started looking up verses and, and subjects and still was just not, it, it was just, it was tough. It was tough. And so, you know, I kind of, when, whenever I, I, I hate using churchy cliches as, as you guys well know, but so, you know, the, the, running the race. So if you turn to Psalm 37, and we're going to look at verse 5, and then we're going to look at uh, same, same chapter, but in verses 23 and 24. And so it says in Psalm 37, 5, it says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. And then jumping over to 23 and 24. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. And so here's the, the pride coming in and going, Well, Lord, aren't I a good man? I'm a good man. Aren't you uh, making my way straight? And all that sort of crap that I had preached, you know, about the mountains coming down and the valleys, you know, rising up. And come on, it's supposed to be a straight way. And, and you know, they talk about, we were talking about the race, the Lord and I, and just race. And I'm like, you know, this doesn't really feel like any race that I've ever been a part of. This isn't like some 400-yard dash. This isn't some 8,000-meter run. This isn't, you know... It's not a marathon. This doesn't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like any of those. 
and then he kind of brought to mind, you know, the Olympic event, the steeplechase, where it's on a track and it has hurdles, but it also has a wall and these runners jump over the wall and into water that's 12 feet long and then they keep going around for 3,000 meters. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's more right. It's, life is more like the steeplechase than it is a sprint or a marathon because I got walls, I got hurdles, and sometimes I end up face first soaking wet in the water. And so I was just like, what the heck? You know, this, this steeplechase, and I was kind of interested in it, and it originated in the UK, and, you know, they chose to start a race in, uh, at one church, and then they would run to another church in another town because the steeples, and they would run steeple to steeple because those were normally the tallest in the village, so they were the easiest to see, and they put in the hurdles, they put in the water hazard because... If you were running from village to village, there were hurdles, there were walls separating fields, there would sometimes be rivers, and so they just put all these things together, and I'm like, that's kind of much easier for me to believe that my life, my walk with Christ is like, is more like a steeplechase than it is just a straight marathon where the path is laid out, you know, and, right, the the commit your way to the Lord, and and a righteous a good the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So you go, well, the Lord has put laid it out. He's laid it out. You know, but sometimes in my life, it feels like those hurdles aren't in the specific specific area. You know, sometimes <laughs> they're before the wall that I have to jump over. It, it sometimes even feels like those hurdles are in the water as I'm splashing around. It's not, it, it, they don't feel like they're in the right place. And, and I mean, you, you can understand that these, these track stars, these Olympic athletes that practice the hurdles, the hurdles have to be a specific height. They have to be a specific distance between them. And if they're an inch forward, back or whatever, it can cause the rhythm of the runner to, to falter and mess up and they can trip. They can just mess up and not hit the hurdle properly. And so I started looking at it and I'm like, okay, well, what does a race need? You know, I look at this and, well, what am I going to have to learn from this, Lord? And, you know, he talks about races and you understand that races are all about endurance. You know, even sprinters need some sort of endurance to carry them through to the end of the race. So you go to Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so you run the race with endurance. 
And so you probably need a little bit more endurance in, in, in those races where you have to jump over walls, walk, run through water, you have to um, jump over hurdles. And, and that seems the same thing here, right? You know, in our faith and in, our, in life in general, we have to have endurance to get through. And, and it's tough. It's tough. And so how do you build endurance? How do you build endurance? Philippians 2, 16. Holding fast the word of life so that I may re rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. So in order to build our faith endurance, we have to hold on to the word. We hold fast to the word. So you're holding fast in, in a steeplechase race or whatever. You're holding fast to those training, the, the body movements, to the regimen that you have built, to, to the whole entire uh, kit and caboodle that you have trained for. And so in this holding fast to the word, you're holding fast to the promises that God has given you. You're holding fast to the faith that he is who he says he is. The struggles that you are going through are not in vain. And so you have to hold on to that. You know, the, for those, those athletes that are holding on to the batons in the relay races, you have to hold on to that. If you don't hold on to it, you, you, you can't finish the race and win. And so the same thing is, you know, I don't know about you, but when I had to run races, I had to keep focused on the end and hold on to the fact that even though this was probably the worst and this sucked and I hate running, it's the worst punishment ever, I knew there was an end to it. I knew there was an end to it. So it wasn't just, oh, this is healthy for me. Oh, this is exciting. You know, I'm going to be done and this is best for me. The fact was I looked forward to the end and just held on that. These are only eight laps around the soccer field. Only eight laps. And I'm on number two and this sucks. So you have to hold fast in this walk with the Lord to his truth to his promises, to who the Lord is. And if you are not seeking the Lord, if you, are not if you don't understand the Lord's characteristics, the Lord's um, plans, the Lord's faithfulness, his mercy, his grace, if you don't understand that, you're going to get lost on the path that he has given you. You know, you're going to start thinking to yourself, well, wait a minute. Did I jump over that wall yet? Or did I get to the hurdles yet? And you're just going to, you're going to confuse yourself. Get yourself off pace, off of your training. And it's just going to become worse for you. And so then we go to James 1. James 1 verse 12.
And so we hear, here we say, blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he, ha when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So we have to endure temptation. We have to be able to endure temptation as it comes at us. You know, we can't just succumb to it anytime it pops up. We have to build up a strength to resist it. And so that, you know, that comes in into play through, through building up your endurance in the word, through relying on family, you, you know, your Christian body, your shield brothers and sisters. You have to rely on prayer. It's all building that up is absolutely important to to, to endure temptation is to help in the endurance in the race. You know, you can get farther if you don't keep stopping along the way. You know, if anybody has taken a trip on a vacation with children, you know that the less amount of time you stop, the faster you get there. Or if you just have a wife like me and a small bladder. You should see the look I'm getting. But, but that's what I'm saying is we have to endure. So we have to rely and hold fast to the promises, our training that the Lord has given us, the word that the Lord has given us. And we have to endure and have enough strength to beat the temptations that are sent our way. You know, in this, in this race, we're going to be tempted to quit. We're going to be tempted to just give up and not, not do what we've been called to do, to, to not try our hardest, not do our hardest, and to not answer the call, you know, because we feel unworthy, because we, have, we feel like we're not trained enough. We, we haven't, whatever. Think of the excuses. And so then that leads us to Galatians Five seven. So in Galatians 5, 7, it says, You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. And I go, oh, that's a great question. Who hindered me? Well, everything hindered me. This is freaking life. This is life. I don't need the enemy to hinder me. I can screw up on my own. I can make up my own blocks. I can build my wall and my sins just easy. So what hindered me? Great question. Everything has hindered me. My pride, my sin, my freaking bills, my, my lack of money, my whatever. So the better question that should have been phrased is, what hasn't hindered you? That's an easier thing. The Lord, that's the only, the Lord is the only one that hasn't hindered me, hasn't put anything in my steps. It's me. It's, it's me second guessing that I have enough endurance to run, that I'm running in the lane that I'm assigned, you know, that I'm running the race the right way, that, you know, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, left, left, left right, whatever it is. My second-guessing myself, second-guessing the Lord, it's all a hindrance. The Lord doesn't second-guess me. 
He doesn't second guess me. He sent, he knew what he, he knew what he was getting when he went after me. He's not second guessing his decision. But I second guess his decision <laughs> and sometimes even his ability to make a wise decision when it comes to me. You know, and so here, here we are and, and, you know, just word is supposed to, life is supposed to be this grand, amazing thing. And this race is really just supposed to be a nice leisurely jog on our way to grace. You know, onto those hallowed halls and those streets paved in gold. And it's just a nice jog. And I can wave to people and invite them to join with me. And we are all hunky-dory. And, and then that leads me to going, are we really sure this is a race to grace? Or is this more, sometimes it just feels like it's a fight for my life. You know, and so as I'm, this whole week, right, this whole week, and, you, you know, you guys have missed it because I haven't, there there's, haven't been many examples in my life that I've been preaching on lately. And so the Lord was like, well, I want to remedy that. So you're going to struggle with this, everything in this sermon, and now you're going to tell everybody. And so I will tell you that with all these bills that we got, that we paid, which are great, I was so happy to, to pay these bills, even the ones that were unexpected. The fact is, it's like, oh, ooh, this is, that's a little lower than my comfort zone likes to be. And so I just, I, you know, I praise, the, I, pray, I praise the Lord for paying the bills, but then I pray to the Lord and I'm like, Lord, you know, you, you promised to provide for me. You did this and you did that, you know, and it's me here standing up saying, you're not carrying your end of the bargain, Lord. And then I'm laying at night in bed and I'm stressing. I'm like, I don't know about you, but when you start to stress, I like heat up like an oven. And so it's just like, then it makes it hard because I'm stressing out and I'm, 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 just frustrated with the, the state of whatever. And then I can't sleep. And so then I go into prayer, but it's really not prayer. It's more like me throwing accusations and going, why am I even doing this? Why am I even bothering with this? What is, what is the point, Lord? What is the point? Why am I, why don't, why don't I just give up? You can't provide for me. You're not providing in the way that I want, you know. And I'm not asking for a mansion. I'm just asking for all the bills to be paid and some, some change to cover those unexpected bills. And so I'm kind of angry at him. I'm angry. I am. Not kind of. I was angry at the Lord. You know, you can turn to 1 Timothy 6.12. And so I'm just, I am wrestling. I am feeling like, you know, as, as, as a leader and as a brother, I am just feeling like there are punches being thrown. 
you know, and then, and then you go, First Timothy six twelve. Here in, in verse eleven, but you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. You know, but if this is a fight for my life, it's really hard for me to see beyond whatever's punching me in the face right now. Whether it's bills, whether it's sickness, whether it's family, whether it's vet bills, whatever it is, it's hard to see, it's hard to fight back and look to the end of this race, to the grace that awaits me when I'm being punched in the face or I'm fighting through this, fighting through this steeplechase that I felt feel sometimes unprepared for and I'm out of breath and I'm like, I don't even know if I can lift my leg because I've been running so hard to even get on top of the wall. And so I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm frustrated and I'm, and I'm not. And then, and then I turn my fight from the right, from the wrong direction. I'm sorry. I was, yes. I was fighting in the wrong direction. I turned instead of fighting my fears, instead of fighting my pride, instead of fighting my, my issues that are in my life and, and fighting against them with prayer. I turned my fight instead on the Lord. I turned on the Lord. <laughs> you know, so if you guys were ever like, oh, here's a pedestal, let's put Tyler on it. You can just take me off there right now. <laughs> There's no need to. I am just as guilty, just as sucky a Christian as you guys. And so I, had tur I turned on the Lord in that night and I just, I, I wasn't even crying out for salvation. I was crying out and pointing fingers and placing blame. And so sleep eluded me. That and so and so I was asking him, you know, and struggling with him through the week. And I'm like, well, which is it, Lord? Is it a race? Am I running a race, or am I fighting for my life? Which which is it? I don't think it can be both. And then he goes, Second Timothy four seven. And here Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So it's both. That was my answer. Is it, is it a race to grace, Lord, or is it a fight for my life? And he says it's both. You know, because if you actually watch the steeplechase, sometimes these athletes are so good and so competitive that they will come over the wall at the same time and you're just seeing them wrestling and fighting and jockeying for position and people fall, people stumble, people get trampled on, you know, as, as people are climbing over this wall and they're fighting for it. Same thing, man. I'm going to be fighting as I'm running this race. He didn't promise 
it was all going to be a rose garden. He promised that it was going to fight, that people are going to throw things at you, that obstacles are going to happen, that hurdles are going to come up. And I said, I don't want it anyway. I don't like this whole fighting thing. And then he reminded me again, and I'm loving this. I'm loving being convicted, and I'm loving him telling me, you're wrong. And he said, this is a year of offense. He said, what did you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen? You know, he said, you, have, you and you, and he's, he even, like, you Christians, when was the last time you took the offensive? When was the last time you took the spiritual offensive and went after the kingdoms and the principalities? When was the last time you went on the offensive? And I went, well, there was that one time, don't you remember? He goes, oh, yeah, 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 sure. What was that time, Tyler? I went, I, I, don't, I don't know. He said, you've been complacent. You know, you talked about it, but now you have to do it, and you have to change how you look. You know, being on the defense, being attacked and taking ground is different than a, than a, a mentality to take and be on the offense. It's a different mentality. And if we are supposed to have a, a men, an offensive mentality... If Christianity is supposed to be offensive, we need to think offensively and not react defensively. You prepare your defenses, but you also prepare an offense. But so as we're fighting, and we're fighting for this, and we're thinking offensively, and, but, if, but it's a fight, but it's also a race. You know, and, and I had that choice. He kind of gave me that choice. You know, because I, I was telling him, I said, why, why do I even bother? Why do I even bother with, with teaching, with, with preaching, with praying, with all of it? Why do I bother seeking you, seeking the word? Why, 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 why? And like I told you, I, I turned my fight on the Lord. And he asked me one question. And he said, do you want to quit? He said, do you want to quit? And I'm standing before you, and so the answer is, no, I don't want to quit. But, but it stopped me in my tracks. It stopped me in, their, in my tracks. And, you know, I'll just read this. You don't have to go back to it. But Hebrews... Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
And he says this so easily ensnares us. You know, and, 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 he, and I just started thinking back to all, all those things that the Lord has done for me, that I have seen his hand in my life. And I mean, even if my tank, and my tank was pretty close to running on empty in just frustration and anger, and exhaustion from this fighting in prayer for everybody, for myself, for my family. And I, when he offered me an out, I couldn't do it. I couldn't take it. I had, and so you understand that if you've ever run a race or you have ever come up to something and you know that the end may be in sight or you feel like the end is in sight, all you do, you dig down, you dig down so deep, scraping the bottom of the barrel sometimes and go, I'm, go I'm gonna hold on for another step. And you just keep taking those steps. You keep holding your breath. You keep pushing through, just trying, just hoping that at, you are gonna see the sun. You're gonna see the other side. The race is gonna be finished. Something is gonna end. Something is gonna give up. But in the end, it's not gonna be me that gives up. You know, I know this very well because it was not so much the Lord, but my pride that when I went to the Marine Corps and boot camp, that was the toughest thing I had ever done. And I'll, I prayed every night for the Lord to break my leg, to send me home, but I was not going to quit. And it wasn't the Lord's strength that I was leaning on. It was my own pride, but I didn't quit. I couldn't do it. I couldn't stop. Now, every step after that in the Marine Corps was the hard, next hardest thing I had ever done. And I started to rely more and more on the Lord's strength to get me through it. And so it actually made it easier than you, one would think. I would never want to do any of those training again, but Isaiah 40, 31. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so when you're fighting and you're running this race, it's it's, it's hard to even think about rest. It's hard to think about recovering when your muscles are screaming, when your mind is screaming, when your faith is waning, <laughs> when the bills and the tax collectors and the whatevers are calling and clamoring.
how can you, why would you wait on the Lord? And so how do you wait on the Lord when you're supposed to be running? And there are moments in your race, in your life, where you have to pause your thinking, pause the mentality, the ideas, the progress, pause it in your brain. There's times in that race where you can't think about your breathing or you can't think about who's behind you, who's, bef- you know, who's in front of you, who's behind you, where, the, where you are, when the race is going to be finished. Sometimes all you can think about is breathe, 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 breathing, your breathing technique, your, your running technique, your arms, the motion, the same thing. Sometimes all you can do is just wait on the Lord and pray and pray and pray and recite his words, recite his promises. All these you just have to do. And so I've, I feel like I've come out stronger after that night. Am I still frustrated? Absolutely. Is another paycheck coming? Absolutely. but he had to get it through. He had to, to bring to my mind what is st- that's, there's still things under the surface that the, the, that the enemy can tweak me with or I can tweak myself with. And in order to grow, in order to grasp and, and, and go deeper with him, he has to reveal those things in me. And so after every race, you know, after every Every time, you, you know, you recap, you know, runners, football players, they all record their plays and record the plays and go over it and be like, this is where you should have done this. This is where you should have done that. And so I'm doing the same thing right now and going, I, sh- I shouldn't have switched on him. I shouldn't have taken my fight to the Lord and taken it all out on him you know, blaming him, you got me into this mess, get me out of it. And he's like, no, I didn't, you did. Don't blame me, blame yourself. Make better choices. I give you the opportunity to make those choices, make better decisions. Come before me more. You you know, take the fight to there instead of coming to me. And so am I frustrated? Am I worn out? Yes. But do I feel like giving up? No. Am I giving up? No. Because the fact is, even though there are obstacles in my way, even though there's walls and there's water hazards, the path is still laid out. The course is still made, and the, and the Lord has made it. He knows where the, course, where the hurdles are, where the walls are, where the water hazards are. He knows where they are. 
but he can get you through them. He can get you over them. He's been training us. He's been training us and walking with us to fight these battles. I'm not running the race alone. He's been running beside me the entire time. You know, it's almost like he's the coach running around the inside of the track, but he's running those with me. And so it's hard. This race to grace or this fight for my life. And Paul would know. He would know the difference between a race and a fight and abuse. And he used both. It's a race and it's a fight. But I want to say the same thing that when I'm come to the end of this race because there is going to be an end to this race. It's coming. At what age, I don't know. But I want to be able to say that, yes, Lord, I kept the faith. I ran the race. It wasn't ugly. Or it wasn't pretty. And I'm pretty wet. And I fought the fight. Didn't necessarily come out unscathed. But through it all, I crossed that finish line, Lord, and I kept the faith. I kept the faith. And that's what I want to be able to say. It doesn't have to be, my Christian walk doesn't have to be pretty. And guess what? It isn't. And it won't be because I'm an ugly son of a gun. But with him next to me, he's going to teach me. He's going to train me. And I'm going to be able to cross that finish line and say that I have kept the faith. And that's what I want more than anything else. I don't need crowns. I don't need accolades. I don't need my name up in lights. I don't need tons of money. Because in the end, it doesn't matter how much money. It doesn't matter how many accolades. Who knows me? Who follows me? I don't care. It doesn't matter. Because in the end, he's going to ask me, did you keep the faith? And I want to be able to look him in the eye as best I can, and say, yes, I kept the faith. So life isn't easy, guys. It's not easy. And it's not a sprint. It's not a sprint. So don't try and do everything as fast as you can. It's not a marathon. You know, it's not just some long thing, long run. That's uneventful. It's a steeplechase. It's got to run. It's got an obst obstacles. It's got hazards. You're going to get wet. And you're going to fight. 
But in the end, we're going to be able to say, I, I ran the race, and I fought in this fight, but Lord, I kept the faith. And so that's my prayer for you guys, and more importantly to me, my prayer for me, that I can keep the faith. So Lord, we just come before you and we thank you for your grace, your grace, because I can be a mouthy individual. but still you love me. And I can be a prideful individual, but you still love me. So all glory is yours because you've trained me, you're raising me up, and you're making me better than I was before. And I praise your name in Jesus' name. Amen.